Yeah, probably. It's a bit of fun, honestly. I'm going hunting tomorrow. I'm going to hunting tomorrow again. Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll definitely bring that up. Yeah. All right, well, we might, uh, yeah, might get us started. Hello and welcome to the Raw Expose. I am your unqualified host who doesn't know when to shut up. And I am joined, as always, by Rob, who believes a campfire under the stars is far better than any five-star hotel. Definitely. Today's guest is Jess, <laughs> the hardcore carnivore. How are you doing there, Jess? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'll appreciate it. Uh, we, we love we love having you on, mate. And um, it, it's good to see you. Good to see you face to face on a computer. Or on a computer yeah. now. Face to face on uh, a computer. That's fine. That's how I'm. That's how I'm seeing all my Australians at the moment. Sadly, but uh, it's, it's terrible at the moment. But hopefully right. things will get better once we open up our borders. Yeah, it's looking pretty close. About- Let's not talk about the shit that makes everyone depressed. Let's talk about something to get get rid of. <laughs> why don't you give us current scenario? Why don't you give us a little bit of a self background there, Jess? It's always interesting to hear it from people themselves rather than me trying to research it and give it. I think it's far better. To oh, just you mean heal. you were too fucking lazy to do it? That's no, <laughs> I did do it. That's all right. So anyway, hi. Um, how are you doing? Nice to meet you. Please tear into me. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's called it's called production mate um anyway so <laughs> hi everyone i'm jess priles i'm originally from melbourne i now live in austin texas and um he the deal basically in a very short version is um that i i i've just found chili on my hand and got distracted like a squirrel sorry i've i always loved eating steak and meat never really cooked it at home because didn't know much about it and just felt quite intimidated by it Came to Texas about 15 years ago as a tourist. You have to eat barbecue while you're here, even back then. Um, fell in love with it, got more curious about how it was made. And in learning more about barbecue, I learned more about meat in general and it kind of unlocked this rabbit's hole of um, learning more about beef and breeds and sizes and butchery. And um, so now, fast forward, I've been living in the States for six years. I'm the female founder and owner of a company called Hardcore Carnivore. We have seasonings and tools for serious meat enthusiasts that are available all over Australia and the US and other countries. Um, And I'm currently completing a graduate program in meat science at Iowa State University. Uh, And and I like talking about meat a lot, which is why I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) See, Just going by your your pages, we kind of guessed a little bit about the meat side of things, Jess. <laughs> See, and that's yeah, why you have to do obvious. it. I couldn't list off all that with as much passion as you did. That's fantastic. Thank you so much uh, for that, thanks, Jess. Brady. You're yeah, welcome. That, that's why we get our guests to actually do the intro because then Brady just sit there and make it sound boring as shit. That's uh, all right. I was just giving you a hard. <laughs> it's shit on Brady Day today. I don't care. <laughs> I think Brady cares. <laughs> yeah, and for the record, it's four o'clock for Jess. But you got my ass out of bed <laughs> in lockdown where I don't have to be up at six o'clock this morning. Dude, you're, oh, a pers- you're a personal trainer. You should be up at five doing all these exercises for yourself first. Uh, <laughs> I don't sleep. Why does everybody think sleep? that's my life? Yeah, but if I don't get to sleep, that's not a choice for you to have. You don't get to sleep. It's easy. <laughs> I don't so sleep. Just tell me. Thinking Let's about your intros, I just don't sleep. <laughs> so you you 
we got a lot of mutual friends. So we got Jay Bramont, who you started the Barbecue Alliance with. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, how did you and Jay get together? Like to get to get the barbecue? Jay, it, so in the very, very beginning, the first ever Port Macquarie Barbecue Festival that he put on was before um, ABA was founded. And it was the first large scale competition. I think there had only been one, maybe two comps preceding that that had like seven teams. And there were honestly a handful of people in Australia who were into low and slow cooking. Um, and Jay, you know, has his finger on the pulse. So he knew of, he never tasted barbecue. He just sort of knew of it and thought it was super cool and wanted to do something with it. So at that time, I was kind of like one of the only people who was regularly traveling to Texas and had knowledge about it and understood the process. So he was like, hey, come up and help me host this event. And um, and that's how we met and that's how it started. And then off the back of that, um, we founded the Australasian Barbecue Alliance and we became the largest sanctioning body and, and low and slow um, alliance in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, so he and I and Adam Roberts did that and he's just been like, we have helped each other along the way. He did so many of my original videos and, you know, I used to, uh, do all the original meat stocks when he started doing that and still do them when I, when I can travel. Um, but he's just a tremendous human being and, and good bloke to know. Yeah. He's a, he's a great bloke. We all love Jay for everything that he does. And his passion towards uh, the barbecue scene is just unbelievable. Second to none. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And look, the, the meat stocks are just, they're, they're an amazing event. They really are. And I mean, I've been mm-hmm. pretty proud of, of being involved with it a little bit over the last couple of years. And more the fact that they dump all the, like the American guys that are coming over and celebrities just to take them out in bush for a week, just to keep them bloody busy. That's about it, really. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it, it's 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 a great event. I I I support it, and I and I absolutely love it. I promote the hell out of it, um, and I'm lucky to be a part of it. Uh, well, next year because we were meant to do it this year, but yeah. So we got the new one in uh, Toowoomba coming up as well. Yeah, that's exciting. Yes, yeah, so that's going to be pretty pretty big. I reckon that's probably going to be <laughs> and be bigger than the rest of them, I guess. Yeah, that'll be massive if that happens. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Queensland's actually going to get a taste of it, which is going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's exciting. Yeah. East of it. Um, You're such a dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jess, uh, what's your day-to-day look like with all of these things you've got running? It's pretty busy. I, I always have what you can't see, but I've got different piles of notes in front of me and a different, like, notebooks. And this one is my uni notebook. And then I have one to write recipes down that comes in and out of the kitchen with me. Um, And then I've got a planner in front of me. And all that to say, I wear a lot of different hats. So some days I'm here like doing R&D for Hardcore Carnival, like new products and just business development. And, you know, that would be a full-time job on its own, honestly. Mm. Um, And then from the Jess Pryor side of things, I have a lot of, um, contracts and partnerships uh, that like that where I do a lot of recipe development. So at the moment I'm doing stuff for Smithfield and Kingsford and um, Gerber knives. I've got a big 
big box of knives sitting here that need attention and stuff like that. So, I love like, the way you're just handling not, a big a box sh- of knives. Not a shit job, I'm telling you. Um, so do a lot of that stuff. And then like tomorrow, for example, I'm headed down to the coast to do a, we call them cast and blast. Can't say cast and blast, cast and blast. With uh, <laughs> Academy who are like a big. Yeah, they're big huge over there. Yeah, it's like a sports store, so nearly like rebel, but with hunting and fishing. So all sports and outdoors and grilling stuff to barbecue stuff as well. So um, I'm going to cook at a media event. We're also going to be dub hunting and fishing and stuff like that. So that's what I'll be doing at the end of my week. So it's cra- it just it goes at the same time. I'm trying to write an assignment so on HACCP and food safety <laughs> plans. So. Wow. you know it's good time yeah well it's um it's it's a lot of people would turn around like they say with me it's a dream job but it takes <laughs> a lot of your time and a lot of your energy and it isn't the easiest job in the world and i know that for a fact um yeah. i obviously don't have the mainstream stuff like you guys but doing what we do like taking people like outback and and the cooking things that we do out there and and all that sort of stuff it yeah. does take it out of you and there's so much time that goes into it yeah yeah and and it's and you have the best time but you're just exhausted like particularly for something like hunting and travel you know hunting and travel are always going to take a lot out of you just you know travel is obvious to people but as you know especially hunting whether in texas we mainly do what we call um like feeder hunting we don't do stalk hunting so we'll set up feeders and have the animals come in because most of texas is private land you don't have public land that you could go and hunt on but at the same time you're still up, you're in the cold, you're usually in, I don't like getting in the fancy blinds. Like, I'm usually, it's just like a wooden plywood box and you're cold and you're watching the sun come up and you're dead quiet and all the shadows are playing tricks on you, you know, and as the sun comes up and you, you'll still end up with chapped lips and, you know, cutting up this deer <laughs> in the freezing cold and it's super fun, but it's hard work. Yeah, it's, it's exhausting. And then, yeah. you know, right before... We jumped on here. I'm um, making salsas for this <laughs> for recipe testing. So it's sort of that's like it's like if you you know it's kind of nearly an ADHD career because there's a million different things that you do in one day and everything is getting your attention. It it is, and it's it's just one of those things. Unfortunately, when you like well, me, I've got an overactive brain. So for me, it's kind of like I'm doing a million and one things in a day, yeah. and not because I'm asked to. It's just because I just I do. Um, right, but it, but it's true. Like you, you, I'm always trying different ways of smoking meat, cooking meat over the grill, and um, a, a lot of my stuffs. A lot of the the Aussie, like I've mixed a lot of Aussie South American, Texas style, style bush bush cooking. Um, mm-hmm. But with the smokers, like I do a lot of stuff for Bradley now, Bradley smokers, and um, awesome. I, I love these little things. They're amazing. So I don't have to worry about you know timber, how my, how big my sticks have got to be, and feeding it in nice and slowly. I just set the digital timer on and it's like, yes, this is so cool. Right. Uh, um, but no, like you, you you are, you're bouncing off so many different things. And for me, unfortunately, I've got the hunting side of things. I've got the, like the game on side of things with the, with the rubs and the, and the tours and stuff like that. Plus then you, you know, you're doing the outback, the hunting and building as well. So I'm still bloody building during COVID. Cause <laughs> I mean, cause I can't get out in the bush. So I've got to be bloody doing something. I'm bored. Right. So. But it's just it's just busy, 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 no matter what you do. Yeah. 
it is. When, it when is. you it's care cool. about what you do, it's it's easy and hard to summon the energy. <laughs> you mm. can you can feel good about what you're doing and excited about the next project, the next project, the next project, and then you can get to the end of the day and go, oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a trade-off in working for yourself and being your own boss as well. Like, yes, you're not sitting there looking at the clock going, oh, God, nearly, nearly. And you do have autonomy, but it it gets worse because you can't clock off at 5 o'clock. I I lay awake at night thinking like, oh, shit, didn't send that email. Oh, I wonder if this idea will work, you know, and you're just always on. So there's definitely definitely a trade-off. I got a question here from a good mate of ours. Mm-hmm. His name's Shannon Walker. I don't know if you know <laughs> Shannon Paul. <laughs> I know Shannon very the well. Laugh, the laugh says it all. He <laughs> wants to know, and these are exactly his words, oh, has Well Fed had a hunt yet? Um, yeah, Well Fed grew up in, he's talking about my husband. Yeah, who, I know. <laughs> I, made him, I made him get an Instagram profile. His name's Chris. And he was like, what should I call it? I'm like, oh. About well fed Chris, because you are. <laughs> so, I mean, Chris is from Texas, so he grew up here, so he's done his fair share of hunting. He's right. an amazing bird hunter, so I'm pretty average with a shotgun because I'm still new to it, and I'm also left eye dominant and right handed, which is not a good combination for <laughs> shooting. Um, but I never handled a gun when I lived in Australia. I didn't even realize that hunting was that accessible, honestly, because when you live in the city, you're not exposed to it, right? No. So uh, here it's different. If, even in the cities, it's just extremely common and part of the culture. So uh, I've only got about five years of experience, about five years deer hunting, three years dove hunting. Chris has been hunting his whole life. He prefers dove hunting and he'll get down like, like he's, playing duck hunter on nintendo he'll just be like pew, 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 like doesn't miss a shot it's crazy so it's cool to watch um be so pat someone be so passionate but generally hunters here are split into either that they, they're either prefer bird hunting because it's like really yeah. high pay, high action or they prefer deer hunting so yeah yes he's hunted he's all right at it <laughs> so just yeah obviously and- love all the things you do there um, for, yes. for work and all that. But what, what's the actual downtime for you? What's your favourite thing to do when you're not doing hunting or cooking? Aside There's, from going to Mexico and eating. Yeah, <laughs> but see, even going to Mexico and eating, which I do love, is still connected to everything, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, it, it, it's a discovery of ingredients and it's a discovery of cooking. And so when we, we recently we were in Oaxaca and we go and food is the major mm. like theme of our vacations. Mm. So it'll be like, we'll do a cooking class with a local chef. It'll take you to a local market and show you like legit what goes on. And you'll be able to ask, like, I've never seen that before. What's that herb? What's that vegetable? What's that fruit? Uh, and then, you know, like we had all of our restaurant reservations booked before we left the States and <laughs> so excited because it gives me inspiration to come home and then like go into this kitchen today and make salsas and maybe grate a little bit of chocolate in or you know use some different techniques so honestly it sounds very frenetic but there is no downtime because on the one hand hunting is you know i've turned hunting into a work thing 
but it is an enjoyable thing. Um, everything, everything is going out to a ranch with your mates and grilling. We've got a friends here that have an incredible ranch that we can go to a couple of times a year. We were just there picking the prickly pears off the cactus They're the best. down there because you make them into like this really sweet syrup. And, um, you know, even that, you know, you grill when you're there and you're grilling because you love mm. it, but you're taking photos of it or someone's heard who you are and they want you to cook for them. And so there is no definition anymore between yeah. the things that I love and my work because they they are one in the same exactly. which is not great someone will tell you that i definitely need to start like crocheting or some shit you know? <laughs> it'll just be the jess i can say the jess Pryles crochet channel <laughs> i so i've started feeding squirrels in my yard on a tiny picnic table I've, that my husband made little for valentine's day I've seen the little and there's a tiny up. little grill out there and there's someone built two people built me working offset smokers pits and spits <laughs> who make my big smokers and a guy in um la who made one this big that's a functional offset smoker and like even that's become i've posted pictures of these squirrels eating at this table during the day and like people are messaging me on instagram like more squirrel content i'm like okay <laughs> have you seen okay, oh, there's a there's actually a youtube video where he made a an obstacle course for these squirrels his name's mark rober and he yeah that's the one <laughs> yeah yeah i saw that and he did the like safe crack oh it was so good i lost yeah, it they're brilliant they're people actually love squirrels. They're clever, funny little creatures yeah he like a lot of people find him annoying but i guess because we don't really have them as much you know they're just they're, they're funny little things so you know, are they, are they, I like are they what we would, uh, how could we class it? I mean, they're obviously a native animal there, but they're a bit of a pest too with the numbers, aren't they? Yeah. 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 I mean, and there's, you can hunt uh, if you're not, you, so you can't shoot in city limits, but if you live in the country, you can hunt squirrels all year long too. Yeah. Um, Cause they're just like, because, eating, apparently they're just like eating rabbit, right? Yeah. They're, but they're even smaller. So a lot of people don't mess with them because the, you know, it's not really worth it, but. Um, yeah, there's heaps of them and they'll eat, you know, they'll get into your bird food and they'll get into your <laughs> attic. If they're in your attic and they'll eat through your wires and that sort of thing. So they can be a pest, but I don't know. I think if all pests were that cute, I'd be on board with it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll go, I've got, I've got a question here. Um, yeah. So what dish have you created using your Australian heritage combined with your Texas culture? Is there anything in particular? That you've <laughs> it's going to have lists. Yeah, <laughs> I've got one in particular that, like, is absolutely banging. Can't, I be, did bacon, a, can't be bacon, eggs and baked beans either. <laughs> it's, no, it's not. Uh, I made cheddar jalapeno sausage rolls. Cheddar jalapeno Cheddar, cheddar jalapeno. Oh, cheddar. Tasty, yeah. yeah. So here it's pretty common to have like a smoked sausage that's cheddar jalapeno in it. So you'll have big chunks of cheese and big chunks of chili. Yeah. And those flavor combos are just iconically Texan Tex-Mex, you know. So I, I made an all beef sausage roll because, again, that's very Texan rather than using pork um, and put chunks of, fresh jalapeno and big yeah. chunks of cheese in it and it sort of oozes out and that is a hit at absolutely every 
I make them for breakfast here because that's a super sort of breakfasty food for Americans. What? So, draws. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> they have breakfast sausage. It's so weird. Like, yeah. and breakfast sausage for them is like, it, it like a patty of sausage meat. It's not a link. It's weird. They're weird, but I'm a damn. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's mad. It's a little now, different. Beef over there. What What's the main beef that they're using over there? Is it, is it the Longhorn, obviously, being in Texas? Or is it, do they have like Angus or Hereford or? Yeah. So there's a couple, people have Longhorn here for show and for an ag exemption on their taxes. Are you serious? Um, <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're like pets, right? Because they're not very good eating cattle. They're very um, scrubby. Uh, and they're, they're, you know, for, for anyone who's a full meat nerd out there, they're boss indicus. So their tropical content's really high, which means not going to have a lot of fat. They're going to be pretty tough. They're, they're sort of Brahmin influence. No, I was about to um, say more of a Brahma than anything else in what we've got in Australia, right? Right. So Northern Queensland is very similar to Texas. Traditionally, You've got breeds, especially like Beefmaster and there's Santa Gertrudis, which were made famous on the King Ranch down here. And they're all very like tropical influenced cattle that can take a lot of arid environment because historically we didn't have very good grass content um, here in Texas, but obviously they supplement a lot with feedlot um, for a number of reasons here in the States. One, because the genetics are bigger, the animals get larger, Corn is easier to grow here and the American palate is used to that now. But Angus is 100% the most dominant dominant beef breed. We do get some Hereford here. There's actually a town called Hereford in West Texas. Uh, they call them Herefords. They don't say Hereford. They say Her- Hereford. Um, and there's another little town called Albany, Texas, which is, calls themselves the home of the Hereford, which is crazy since it came from England. But... Um, <laughs> um it's so america dominant right well yes um just like angus is still and and they have some really good genetics so you like out of montana they've got some really good angus stuff and wagyu is getting really popular here especially american wagyu which can be enough to 50 percent cross too um yeah so you don't see a whole bunch of different breeds like um, like I know in Australia they're doing all the stuff with Speckle Park and they've got Murray Grays and stuff like that. You don't really see that too much. Some people have started messing around with like dairy breeds um, because um, uh, you've got like um, uh, God, I've forgotten the name. It's the Chick Fil A cow. It's just gone for me. But the, the Holstein cattle actually have really high marbling. They just have very very small muscles. So like some meat nerds are experimenting with that, but on the whole, like if you drive out, you'll see black hides more than anything. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, cool. What, yeah. What's your, it doesn't have to be beef, but what is your favourite cut of meat ever, period? I don't know if I have a favourite cut, but red meat is like, I'll pick red meat any day of the week, any day of the week. That's obvious. Um, like you just need like five sure. seconds on your Instagram feed, but that's... <laughs> I know, uh, but like I eat pork, I eat a fair bit of it, but and chicken to that for that matter. But yeah, it's definitely definitely red meat. I, and I don't even have. I mean, death row steak would be a ribeye, but 
so many favorites like skirt steaks for tacos and yeah. like flat irons make great steak sandwiches and it's fun to kind of work your way through them they all taste different i love I, uh we call them sirloins you guys call them like rump steaks are phenomenal really because they've got such a great beefy flavor so different you know it's different times like ask me to choose one outfit or one pair of shoes mate it's impossible yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like me trying to pick one uh, uh, my favorite pair of camo it's not gonna happen see what, what's your favorite black t-shirt can't do it nah, nah. just as long as it's black i'm happy <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's just because you're a grub and you can't see it as much if you're wearing black <laughs> seriously mate it's like the beard until it goes white you're not going to see all the barbecue sauce and meat stains or anything <laughs> it's, on, it's on its way Might need <laughs> so jess what what's your what's your um uh, your favorite dish like what what do you love the to same cook? question no 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 what do you <laughs> love to cook? it's completely different because barbecue is barbecue but it, like your your, your personal yeah, okay. is different so i really love cooking tacos and i'll tell you why because we have access and i know it's changed a lot in australia since i left but like the amount of mexican influenced um, ingredients that we have here and the quality of the fresh peppers and even the dried peppers. I love making tacos. I love getting together a big taco board for people like some grilled marinated chicken thighs, some skirt steaks, even um, like flanking cut beef ribs kind of thing, putting out a big bunch of different tortillas and a bunch of different sauces and watching everyone get excited to kind of put together different combinations and try it. Um yeah. So that is a favorite. And it's also got that nice instant gratification of being ready quickly. <laughs> Unlike barbecue. Yeah. So that's but fair. It's also, it's I, love cook, I love cooking tacos for that reason. Yeah, but awesome. you can you can just blend different flavors with everything. With you can do awesome. everything different every time as well. Try new stuff. It's great. Yeah, and there's no like you say tacos, but you could be talking about anything. Like, are you talking flour? Are you talking corn? Are you talking crispy? Yeah. Are you talking soft? Yeah. Are you talking like grilled asada? Like barbacoa? Is it has it been braised? Was it smoked and then yeah, confit? Yeah. Like anything, even like al pastor is basically like Mexican kebabs. You know, they've got a big. Yeah. rotisserie that they just shave it off because it was influenced from the middle east way back when yeah so it's kind of cool that it can and, it can be anything and barbecue over there was originally if i'm not wrong because we had this with i think it was with was it with sterling i think we were speaking of sterling um mm -hmm. it was influenced by the germans over there smoking uh in texas yes is that so, is still pretty big over there with the with the german community in that not really. It's, I mean, it's the same as, let's say, like the German influence in, in South Australia. So you've got little towns like Handorf. Like Handorf. Um, yeah. Where, yeah. So there's a little town outside about a, an hour and a half outside Austin called Fredericksburg. And it, it ha is, you know, it's called their local newspaper is called the Fredericksburg Zeitung, which is German for newspaper. And yeah. they'll have, um, you know, you can get German rye on the main street. So there's little pockets of it. It's actually mainly German and Czech heritage okay. a lot in Texas. Um, and it, they were the ones that sort of ended up in the meat markets, which basically butcher shops is what they used to, they call meat markets or they call meat markets butcher shops. But um, no, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> they have these meat markets. 
She translates a lot for us. It's great. It's good. It's good. So people actually know what she's on about. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> they would, it started first from obviously the tradition of German sausage making. So they would experiment that way. But um, the real story goes that because Texas had a lot of migrant workers come through. So for example, when crops needed to be harvested, you'd have a lot of people coming to these small towns and not know where to feed them. So they started turning the lesser cuts, like a brisket, for example, um, using these smokehouses that already had for these German-style sausages. And because they were sort of half grocery stores, half meat markets, you could buy a sleeve of crackers and a jar of pickles and, and some meat that they sold by the pound because they were a butcher shop and cobble together a meal. And that's sort of where that whole history of a tray by weight with these specific sides, like raw onions and pickles yeah, yeah. comes from. That's, That's really cool. That's absolutely mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, it's, cool. it's just good getting that little bit of history behind it all. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, your yeah. dedication not only to your, like, you know, pushing your craft forward and trying to, like, cook all the time, but you, you've gone out and learned the history of it all. It's really, really cool. <laughs> and Thank maybe some like- people wouldn't realise that those two go so hand in hand. Like, it's... Yeah. You know, yeah, get- it's really important, and that's why I swung all the way. History, the history was one of the first things that I kind of latched onto and learned about, and and that's why I've swung all the way to meat science now. Because once you understand where it came from, then you can understand sort of where it's going and why you know why things happen. And I want to know more about the raw material, and I want to understand more about it because um, I feel like there are so many amazing barbecue joints here in Austin. And I know there's been so many new barbecue joints crop up in Australia and people doing really amazing stuff. It used to be that you'd have to sort of dig to find the really legit places. Mm. Um, But I know there's a lot of people doing really, really good stuff now. And the reality is when you make it your job and you pour your heart and soul into it and you cook 30 briskets a day, six days a week, you're going to get good at it. Yeah. Yeah. or you're going to close before that you know what yeah. i mean Definitely. um so what's happened here in central texas there are so many people doing great brisket now that it's it's not the holy grail that it used to be because you can get it so good in so many places yeah and so for me that's why i also started kind of being curious in other avenues too because it was like all right okay all right <laughs> what else what's the next challenge you know because it's it's doable here yeah yeah well see over there over there you've got the benefit of having like game meats because game meats over there are a huge thing in the, in the states everybody loves their wild pig they love their deer they love and goat i mean we're in australia we export more goat to the u.s than what we do anything else in any, anywhere else in the in the world so it's all regional everything that you said just now is regional so uh, there, like, you won't find many people in New York and LA, for example, who yeah. are into wild game. But all through the Midwest and the South, um, which are big hunting territories, most people have hunted or know someone who hunts and have been given a pound, you know, 500 grams of venison from their mate who went hunting. And most people have had exposure to it. Um, lamb is very rarely eaten here it's not as common as it is in australia and a lot of yeah it's it's also very polarizing people don't really love the flavor of it here they're used to like that very um neutral beef flavor 
but the goat thing is a Hispanic thing. So, like when MLA, who are the Meat and Livestock Association Meat of Livestock, Australia, yeah. they promote beef and lamb and goats um, yeah. ever in the world. When they do their work here in the states, they target certain areas, and those areas are usually Florida and Texas, Arizona, because Florida yeah. you've got a lot of Hispanics that have come over from Cuba and Puerto Rico, and they have a certain way of doing doing it, or even goat curry from Jamaica, and um, goat is huge in Mexico as well. Yeah. But again, it depends where in Mexico, right? There's 32 states in Mexico. So the northern states, especially a state called Nuevo Leon, there's a city called Monterrey, mm-hmm. and they're famous for their, they call it Cabrito, which is, um suckling goat but but baby 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 like like milk fed like no more than 30 days kind of thing um and they barbecue that so and do some pretty funky stuff with the uh the kidneys and the entrails too the offals yeah the offals look a lot of people and we i think we go through this on a lot of our yeah it's pretty much every episode that's um (laughs) A lot, a lot of, a lot of people have no idea. But everybody that we speak to, like we've had Mike Johnson, we've had Sterling. I mean, forget about Shannon. Shannon, I think the closest thing he's eaten to entrails is when I when I did a um a liver and heart fry. Yeah, red wine. I mean, he actually tasted that and just went, yeah, it's nice, but I wouldn't eat it again. Because um, <laughs> it's just that thing in, in Shannon's head. But yeah, you know, the Europeans and the South Americans they use the actual intestine. They wash it out yeah. they, and everything, and it's like cooking tripe, but they wrap it over uh, parsley stems. And then they yeah. marinate it all and grill it. That's, That's crazy. Cool. There's a, in Monterey, I think it's called Macha- Machaca. Yeah, Machaca. And it's, it's um, the intestines wrapped around, yeah. I think, the stomach that's stuffed with the rest of the entrails. Mm. And they grill it. I would not eat that. <laughs> I mean, it's but not I'll a casual like Monday night dinner, but you'd probably have a crack. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. No, it's um, it's not even a casual Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday night, you know, <laughs> and so forth. That that'd be like not special true. occasion. I'm too drunk to know what the hell I'm eating. I've always I've always tried everything at least once, um, just because. But I think that you can still be a meat advocate and a carnivore without and still have things that you like and don't like. Like when we were in Mexico, I said to our guide, like, you know, I don't, I like, I'll eat lengua, but I won't eat sesos. And I'm telling him all of these cuts in Spanish. And he hands me a empanada with like a little fried taco, basically. And he's like, try it, you'll like it. And he knows that we're foodies and that we want to try a bunch of different things. And I bit into it and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and it was brains, right, which is sesos. And oh, wow. my husband loved them. I just don't like the texture. They 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 have that creamy texture, and it's I good, like yeah. chewy muscle texture. So that was I can still taste it in my mouth now, and it's not <laughs> good. Um, and that's something I could definitely live without. But uh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so on that, I, note- I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay to feed them to dogs. That's a that's a good way to <laughs> use the whole animal what's the worst thing you've ever had oh my god i've probably blocked it out but i'm bringing it up i don't know it's it's gotta be that mm, 
I don't know. I really don't. The brain that's sticking with me in this moment. And it wasn't even that bad. It's just that it's like, it didn't, it's like what Shannon was saying. Like I just knew the texture and it had a bit of a woof to it at the end. And it was just like, yeah. but I've, I've not, I've not been in a situation like a lot of those TV hosts, you know, like stuck in Mongolia about yeah, yeah. to be fed like a marmot with some kind of uh, trichinosis or whatever. So luckily, luckily we're all good. I've watched, I've watched people. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you what it was. There are these ants that they eat in Mexico called chicatanas, and the actual ants are delicious. They taste like salty popcorn. Really? They, yeah, they and they taste like bacon salty popcorn, like really good. <laughs> but there's, they harvest the eggs. And like they're these little eggs that they put on top of guacamole. Well, and like, I'm like, like, what's the fish? Like caviar. Yeah, they just look like little like larvae, right? Yeah, like an egg. And, and the t- it's just like leading in a little rubber, whatever. That and they also eat chapulin, which are grasshoppers, which yeah. and they, and you buy them in different sizes, right? So the really really little ones again just taste like like a crunchy salty snack. But when they get big enough that you can like look at them before you eat them i just can't because i just imagine like i'm like oh that leg's gonna get stuck to the inside of my mouth like when it gets stuck in that so probably in it's probably insects for me are gonna be oh, a big wow. like because they, they also no do, they also eat scorpion and all that sort of stuff right certain scorpions obviously yeah the scorpion is more tour- touristy than anything but they they do they can yeah, well. Wow. not they do that more in China, I think, in Asia, legit, where they'll put it like yakitori style, you know. Yeah. I can't I've only it. ever seen it at tourist markets in Mexico. Oh yeah. wow. So what do you miss most about Australia, Jess? Oh uh, yeah. Um, aside from my family, which is an obvious one. Yeah. There are certain jokes and a certain mindset that obviously like we can, you know, like my husband was pro- is probably listening from the other room and can just hear the type of jokes that you're saying, just this familiarity, you know what I mean? And yeah. um, I miss being, under, like I've had to teach him certain things. Like I've had to teach him what let it through to the keeper means. Because <laughs> I don't, he doesn't know, right? I don't have cricket here. And I'm like, oh, but it's such a good saying. And we're certainly going to use it when we fight. So you need to know what it is. (laughs) So, like, I miss, I love coming back and just being understood and the familiarity and the really coolest thing about what I've done as far as my relationship with Australia is I was absolutely urban kid. And in getting into barbecue and emigrating, I've seen more of Australia than I ever did when I lived there because it's all agricultural in in small towns. So like Toowoomba, Dalby, Wagga, um, like uh, Warachnabeel in Victoria, this tiny town, and we went to the barbecue competition there and going to Texas in Queensland and, going to Rocky for Beef Australia, like there's no way I ever would have gone to Rockhampton for any other reason than being involved in this industry. And in my experience, a lot of people who live in smaller towns in Australia or outside of big cities, even Newcastle and Port Macquarie, like 
I would never have gone to port otherwise. And what a beautiful place to be. And th- that's obviously where, that's where Jay Beaumont lives. And, you know, that got to, got to see that. And everyone who I meet, especially in these small towns, or, or not even small towns, anywhere out of Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane, are just lovely, genuine people. Because one of the things that attracted me of moving to Texas was you can walk down the street here and, you know, Austin's a pretty big, you know, a couple million people city now. And if I'm walking with my dog and there's someone in the street, you will acknowledge them in some way and they will do the same. It might be a wave, it might be a nod, it might be a howdy, how's it going, something like that. And it, in, in, if you walk down an aisle in the supermarket and someone's coming towards you, there'll usually be some kind of eye contact and, oh, excuse me. In Melbourne, my experience towards the end was like anything you can do not to make eye contact. Don't talk to anyone in the street. Look at them. I don't want to talk to you. And what it taught me was what I love so much about this big city life in Texas is actually still happening in in these rural towns in Australia where people do say hello and how's it going and look after each other, which that was really cool, a cool thing to see. And I love seeing it every time I get to go back. No, that's awesome. I have a question um, just because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm big on chili and you mentioned peppers and you've mentioned loving cooking, like the breakfast sausage rolls um, yes. and a few other things. <laughs> and I love chili. I absolutely love it. Can't get enough. What's your, do you have a favorite, I guess, pepper is the word that you guys would use. Um, what, do you have a favorite one to play with? Yes. So we, so the big thing that I learned coming over here, it's like, I got exposed to a whole new level, right? Like I leveled up and it's like, ooh, I've got all these new toys to play with. Hard to get um, here. Right. And it's hard to even get some in Texas. I did, I may or may not have snuck some back from Mexico in the suitcase <laughs> last time. And they don't give a shit here. Here they care about you. They don't care what you bring in customs as long as you don't immigrate without the papers. In Australia, it's like, yeah, immigrate all you want, but don't bring that soil. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I think I brought some tea bags from Japan once, so they freaked the fuck out. Yeah, here they don't give they don't give a shit. So, um, my favorite, my two favorite chilies are un, they're both dried chilies, and they're an ancho and uh, uh, which is what my dog is called, and uh, pasilla, which they're both really smoky, and pasilla can nearly be chocolatey, and they're not hot, but they have such an incredible flavor that they can give. Ancho smells like you're smelling sultanas, but it's a, mm. it's a poblano pepper that's been smoked and dried. And the range of flavor that it can give to things is just phenomenal. And even, even being able to get fresh poblano peppers here to do, which are somewhere between a, a bell pepper or a capsicum and a, and a jalapeno, like so somewhere like, in it's between. It's got a there. tiny little bite, but it's still got that nice capsicum taste. Exactly. And those, that's what they usually use to make chili rellenos, which are the big stuffed chilies that they then dip in batter and deep fry because it's not going to be this like insane chili head. Yeah. Yeah. They'll stuff them with like, um, like ground pork and sultanas and like all really interesting fillings too. So, but I guess it's like, but you know, what I learned about Mexican food here, I had exposure to Southeast Asian cooking in Australia that a lot of folks here don't have. So understanding how to use lemongrass and ginger. And here it's like, oh, I'm making Asian food, soy sauce. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
not not blanket let me say but, yeah, but obviously there's there's still great stuff to be had but it's the same as when you would try and get Tex- uh, Mexican food in Australia like 15 oh, it's years ago. Bad. Yeah. It was oh, Taco Bill or nothing. It's yeah. completely different unless you've actually been to Mexico. I, I, I was yeah. lucky enough to do that and I toured literally. I started from Tijuana, which is li- literally, I'll probably never go to Tijuana ever again. <laughs> um, it, it was literally, it was a shithole. It was terrible. Yeah. So we got the fuck it down really quick. Um, mm-hmm. but then we did we did all the coastline. We did went all the way through Baja, got went down mm-hmm. to Cabo and all that, and then went to um Acapulco, Mexico City. We did all of that, and it was just one of the best experiences. And in the small little villages is where we mm-hmm. got the best food ever. Yeah. And yeah. it was just you can never it, it, here in Australia, you can never mimic those flavors. No, you can't, but it's like taking anything out. Like I feel like even Australia has made barbecue its own you know like yeah. yes they're cooking briskets but the seasonings that have become popular like even for me with hardcore carnival i honestly feel like that was my australian palate coming up with something that was very understated because i feel like american seasonings are usually like in your face like yeah. We're gonna put all the things in. Then we're gonna put some sugar in. You're gonna love it because <laughs> um, it's America. We have flavor. Welcome to Flavor Town. And when I developed Hardcore Carnival Black, which was the first seasoning, I was like, okay, I know what the flavors that I want in here, but it's got to be subtle because the meat has to shine, which is a very Australian way of approaching things. You know, like simple, fresh, clean. And you want to taste your meat, right? And um, and so I think that that's another weird little combo that's sort of happened for me over here and done really well. Yeah, that's awesome. That really, that's really yeah. cool. What's yeah. um? So obviously you're 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 studying and you're doing graduate. Um, but what's your what what other projects have you got going on right now? What's the sort of near future look like for you there, Jess? Oh my god! Aside, aside from the Jess Wiles um, crochet classes. Yeah, yeah. Right, of course, and <laughs> hunting club. scarves coming um, to you soon. <laughs> Yeah, we've got, well, we're designing baseball caps, like custom baseball caps at the moment. <laughs> like that'll be fully branded inside and out of Hardcore Carnivore. We're working on new T-shirt designs. We're working on new seasonings for the next two years. We're working on new knives, um, trying to bring new products to market. Like we re- released a disposable cutting board this year that especially with American lifestyle, like hunting, fishing, camping, and a lot of people have like a hunting camp or a deer camp or fishing lodge or whatever that you can use that t- even tailgating, you know, like going to a sports event and cooking in the car park. Tailgate, yeah. 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 Well, um, um, Mike, Mike and uh, Sterling went to one of those the other week. I think it was in Kansas. Yeah. I saw that. Photo. Yeah. So tailgates happen. Tailgates happen pretty much anywhere that there's a football game. And so the way it works in the States is on a Friday night is high school football. Saturday night is college football. Sundays is uh, NFL. There's the American coming out of her. Look it up. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm going to say it that way. So at Friday nights are huge in Texas. And football yeah. in Texas is big. Massive. Um, and it co- co- coincides with hunting season, which is a little controversial. But um, <laughs> but you, you'll tailgate it, you know, like here at the University of Texas, Longhorns, for blocks and blocks and blocks around the stadium. On, on a game day oh, there yeah. will any any parking lot will be full of like 
smokers and grills and like just activity and and people cooking out yeah. anywhere um so yeah it's, it's a really unique experience yeah that's awesome. very cool thing so yeah. what, it's a unique your... experience but it's ubiquitous right so it's unique for people who've never seen it before but like oh i can roll down this saturday and be like hey okay cool yeah cool. So, that's mad. Like here, you try to do that in Australia, you get arrested. Food authority comes in, shuts oh, you yeah. down straight away. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, and that's part of it too. You know, what, honestly, that's one of the things, that's one of the problems that the ABA faced when we first founded was like it was understood by many small towns here that live fire cooking and barbecue was a part of the culture and therefore the local fire brigades understood how to deal with it and people had a knowledge of live fire. and and we were like, we just thought, how the fuck are we going to get this like past the local fire brigade or the local, you know, volunteer firefighters or council to get permission, especially, you know, with Australia's history of bushfires. But <laughs> I mean, there have been stories as well of guys like leaving barbecue competitions. There's one very famous one of a guy who used to run a forum who went down the road with his hot coals still in his pit and it. <laughs> What happens when you add air to fire? Woof. When you're whizzing down the highway? Right. So I think there's been a learning curve. Yeah. Note that to was serve. pretty that was Don't pretty funny actually. <laughs> but a lot of guys in the States do actually do that. Like they would when they're going to barbecue comps, like I see, I see heaps yeah. of posts. Like they're going to barbecue comps, they got the, the the smokers, the offset smokers set on real low. And they're driving yeah. down the highway with freaking their, their flues are just bellowing out smoke. Oh, I've never I've never seen that, but because the cops will pull you over for that shit. But um, <laughs> but also, but the infrastructure is different here. That's the other thing. Like highways here, like it's they're wider. They've got more. Like they've cleared the scrub from the side of the roads. Like yeah. that's why it takes three hours to get. To Dallas, two and a half hours to get to Houston. If the same distance I was traveling in Australia, it would be, you know, a six to eight hour trip just because of a two lane highway doing this the whole way instead of a big fucking interstate, you know? Oh, yeah. but, but your speed limits are a lot more than here, aren't they? Like we're doing 110 Ks max on the highways. What do you guys do? Well, Texas has the highest speed limit in the country in certain roads. So there's a toll road here called. Uh, 130 and the speed limit's 85 miles an hour which is about 130 and yeah. here 135 but here you have to go over you go 10 miles over the speed limit yeah. so you, you'd be pushing 90 95 miles an hour on that road Holy even shit. on like from here to houston the speed limit is usually 75 in the, the highest um so we'll do 80 80 85 the whole way and it's accepted so I know a lot of Americans that go over to Australia and they, because it's accepted here that you're going to be a few over mm. and they don't understand that that's like zero tolerance in Australia. <laughs> they're like, if they see 60, they're like, oh, I can do 64. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah, we, we, we've we yeah. copped a lot of that lately. It's been getting worse because we we took all the um, stickers off our mobile speed cameras. So, so you can just have. You're not what, allowed a, to have. Uh, you're allowed to have, so you're allowed to have radars, but that they're, they're like everyone can see the cops coming because they'd rather nearly deter you. Yeah. But you, there's no such thing as a red light camera here. It's illegal. No, we now just have a really? four wheel drive that just looks like any white 
planes sometimes they're colored four-wheel drive just parked on the side of the road in anywhere and uh they do you for under 10 uh, for 10 over 10 over 10 and under crazy (laughs) like it's crazy ridiculous well honestly i'm on on a probationary license so i've got to behave as good as possible for the next (laughs) of course you are (laughs) (laughs) it does get me sometimes because in my truck like there's a toggle where i can flick between kilometers and miles like real easy and sometimes i'll be i'll be driving and i'll look at the speedometer and i'll hit it and it'll say like 130 k's an hour i'll be like i feel like i'm doing like 70 you know like i feel like i'm just cruising yeah it doesn't uh, i don't know what it's gonna be like <laughs> next time i drive back home because i haven't been back there since november 2019 i think but oh that's a shame really interesting yeah. Yeah. i mean it makes, makes sense with the world but that's a shame not nice right yeah. so just fishing tell us what it what did do you do a lot of it over there? Do you not do much of it? Nah. What do you do? <laughs> I don't fish. I'm a land creature. Chris Chris is the fisherman, fisher person. <laughs> like he's tried and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't mind dropping a line in the water off like a pier. For, again, just relaxation purposes. Yeah. But I, I, don't, I don't have any interest in getting on boats. I don't. Is it because nah, your swimming ability is on par with Rob? No, because <laughs> come on, I thought I thought all Australians could swim. That I thought that's just how it works, mate. I can no? swim. I just look like a whale that's struggling in a fishnet. I get a little bit seasick. That <laughs> has something to do with it. Um, but partner- I'm not, I just don't. I'm just not interested. That interested in it. So my partner is just as a fun cue. Is a swim teacher, or she used to be. So first yeah. few times we went swimming, she was like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I'm swimming. Like, no, you're not. She's you're like, just no, not sinking. You're bobbing. <laughs> just, like, what? So you're just barely not drowning. What? Who taught Look, you to swim? Right. Like, Dad threw me in the pool when I was like 11 because he was done yeah. with me not swimming. And that was lessons. Yep. And she's yeah, like, yeah. But it's also, okay. it's the not drowning part that counts, so. That's, Look, yeah. I, I, I love swimming. I'm a stone. I'm great at diving. So I just go to the bottom catch what I've got to do and try to bounce back up. That's about as good as it gets. Just find a big enough fish. It'll fight you back up. Pretty much. I just hope <laughs> all that it actually gets to the surface. There you go. That's the way. <laughs> nah, I, I love me fishing. I love me fishing. I, I miss Australian fish. Yeah. So I miss barramundi and flathead. Oh, really? Cause, yeah, because you don't get them over here. What do you guys eat? Whole your, different your fish. Version, they eat tilapia. We have a sea trout here that's pretty good. They do redfish is big here in Texas. They catfish, which is disgusting. <laughs> um, it's all right. It's not disgusting. It just depends how dirty it's been. Bottom feeding shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but well, your version um, of barramundi, you'd be tarpon, wouldn't it? I don't know. I don't. I don't know enough about it. And tarpon, I they, I know they're not in Texas. I know that when Chris came to Australia, I made him do the Australian food tour. So he came with me to meet my parents before we got engaged. And he he flew into Melbourne. I took him straight out to Warraknabeer, like to the most country town ever, to this barbecue competition. And he spent a couple of days in Melbourne. So we had this whole like thing where I had this limited time to show him, and it was like, all right. You have to have a meat pie. You have to have a sausage roll. He had to have fish and chips with a portello. He had to have a meat pie with a strawberry big game. 
I like chocolate, but he likes anything strawberry. Um, actually, I like coffee begins, let's be honest. But he had like, he had flake at the fish and chip shop and he had a potato cake. It's a potato cake. I'm a Victorian. It's not a scallop. It's a scallop. It's a scallop. It's a it's potato a scallop, cake. It's definitely a scallop. <laughs> it's definitely a potato cake. And this was a Victoria, so it absolutely was a potato cake. And um, he, his favorite thing that he had, he, he loved, he learned to love espressos, but his favorite thing was snot blocks. Like, Who? and he started doing uh, um, snot blocks, vanilla slice. Oh, oh. right. Fucking so he would block. every bakery would stop at he would get a vanilla slice and and rate it and that was his oh, wow. that was his big yeah that was his big love affair with 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 Australia. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always eat a meat pie as soon as I land. Usually in some grotty airport. What but, is this thing? Yeah. Wait, what is an American pie then? Like aside from it's usually sweet. So there's some regional pies that are meat pies, like there's a Louisiana town called Natchitoches that has a meat pie, but it, um, pies in America are usually desserts. So like apple right. pie or um, key lime pie, strawberry pie, cherry pie, blah, blah, blah. Well, there you go, Jess. There's your next thing for, for the States. Bring in, bring in a beef brisket pie, like the boys from Full Throttle and Black Bear are doing now. Like they go, there you go. Pulled it brisket could be a real pie thing. and everything. Yep. I reckon yeah. it could be a go. Oh, mate, there you go. So, uh, and you can thank me for giving you the idea. You're welcome. Oh, thanks, Rob. <laughs> Don't make him feel too good. That's it. Oh, come on. Oh, I need your something. head barely fits in the screen at this stage. Like, <laughs> buy your webcam and put it. Back. There you go. Better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's getting outrageous. Jess, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, do you have any more oh, questions? Oh, this is so fun, y'all. <laughs> Oh, I love it, y'all. Love it. Rob, do you have any more sent-in questions for Jess? I'm sure you do. No, look, I I just, I've I've loved talking to you, Jess. I love watching you at, like, meat stock and everything else when you came over. Um, But I am a big fan of yours, like, being an Aussie, like an expat and everything else. Um, I love the work that you do, Jess, and and just keep it going, mate. It's awesome. Thank you. I I really appreciate it. This has been really, really fun to get to chat and, you know, not being too too uh, uh, emotional but it definitely makes me feel closer to home until I can get there so it's been really lovely no that's awesome love thanks for talking I do have one thing just one thing sorry one part of the notes just a pointer for anybody a simple dish and a pointer for anybody who who, like is just getting into into cooking red meat and that what would you give them Best tip, like best tip who to just just started cooking meat. Period. Who's getting like, into barbecue? Stop. Like who's just getting into barbecue? Oh, so but for barbecue, um, look, I don't. Uh, the, here's the best bit of advice, and it was actually came from Adam Rothwell, who's now the president of the ABA. But he was one of the very first people to ever do long and slow in Australia with Texas barbecue, and he was on a very very early video. I was interviewing him, and he goes. Just cook the brisket. Don't inject it. Don't prod it. Don't smear it. Don't whatever. Just cook it. See how it cooks. Taste it. And then go from there. And I think that it's such simple advice, but in today's age where we can digest a million YouTube videos, which really can throw you off the sense, the best advice that anyone who barbecues will give you is that the best 
way that they learned was by doing. And sometimes watching too much shit and trying too much stuff before you've even cooked it the first time yeah. um, is, is puts you on the wrong path. Brisket is one of the hardest things to do. Um, if you can get your hands on some beef shorties, that's usually my favourite thing to get people started with because you can't overcook them. And the one thing that I'll say when it comes to beef ribs is you hear people say, cook it until it's probe tender. And what it took me a little bit to realise is that what I used to think probe tender was was not what probe tender is. I used to get impatient and sort of dig either a toothpick or a thermopen or something in there and be like, oh, yeah, that seems pretty good. When it's probe tender, it should feel like there's no resistance at all. It should feel literally like you're pushing it through soft butter all over. If there are any points where you're getting a little bit of stick or a little bit of pushback, it's not ready yet. So understand the word probe tender and go for it. Well done. Thanks for that, Jess. Jess. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing all of your wisdom with us and, um, yeah, just having a good chat. And, yeah, we really appreciate it. I don't know how wise I was, but I certainly had a good time. Thank you. You're welcome. When you're ready, you can just hit the end button and we'll end the show. Thank you so much, Jess. No worries, guys. Have a great day. You too. See ya. Man, what what an awesome lady. She's so cool. Yeah, yeah, she really is a, a cool cat. She's um, she she really has put Australia on the map over there in the states for barbecue, yeah, and for basically the the culinary side of things of red meat. Um, yeah, there's she's she's still really humble. Yeah, so much passion, yeah. but so much knowledge as well. Like she's not yeah. just she the, the history we spoke about that, but you can bring up anything. You bring up the source of the meat. She's talking about the cows. She's talking yep. about. Um, vegetables we've got to talk about chilies and she's got super into those and yeah no it's but really I, cool she's just it. explored but the whole thing about also like it, and she's i always go back to me because she like she's always bringing in different textures from different styles of cooking into her cooking and into the barbecue like i love no. putting that mexican south american theme into our foods and that's basically our game on rub yeah no uh, you can got, see that especially what did you do the other day ribs yeah, I did the pork ribs and, and literally I'm doing pulled tacos today. So I'm pulling the, the meat off the ribs that are left over. Yeah, cool. Um, you know, pulling it all apart and I'm going to do soft tacos and, and do, you know, put some red onion and put a salsa and everything in there. I made a beautiful salsa with um, with tomatoes, chili, red pepper, uh, roasted, and, and it was all roasted, onion, garlic, the whole lot, and just put it through the blender and it just came out magic. Yeah. Really yeah, no, that's, so gonna, that's awesome. Do Gotta that do it now. Shit out of everybody with it today. <laughs> yeah I, I was cooking up my own um meal prep last night just for breakfast because i get i always get lazy in the mornings and then just don't eat till lunchtime so i always like to make a big big bunch of like two habaneros in there two jalapenos yeah, i'll see that that looked mad <laughs> yeah, yeah it's gonna that hurt did, but it's gonna really be good. so tasty um, yeah. awesome man you're, all right you're be, well you're gonna be tooting all day after that mate eating that, that many beans and every and day there's quite a bit in there good (laughs) beans lentils they're all in there um we we would love everyone to subscribe to the channel so that you can see when things come out and you're always in the know um like comment on the videos let us know what you want where who you if there's a guest that you would like us to get on let us know um and rob puts up on all of his socials um 
little warnings of who's coming on and he requests questions there yeah. as well. So you, you follow him on all his stuff. I try to share it as well, but I'm not as onto it as Rob. He's a very social creature who's just so good at technology. <laughs> uh, but this episode was considering I call Brady for help 90% of the times. <laughs> um the this episode was sponsored as all of them by Game On Enterprises, which is the, the hat there from Rob. Uh Alpha Gear Solutions, all the stuff that Rob uses out in the scrub. Uh Bradley Smokers, he was talking about them earlier. They make things a lot easier, whether it's commercial or at home. And the Australian Hunting, Fishing, Outdoor, and Rec Group. Definitely check out all of them. If you guys are enjoying this, please just, like Brady said, just subscribe to the channels, like it, share it. We've um, we've started a, a new page on uh, on Facebook as well, which is the Raw Expose. Yep. Um, so yeah, so God, Brady, thank you again, mate. You're you're the best co-host I got. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad. It's great to see Jeff put shit on you straight away at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Well, we got an Australian on, so that was kind of fun, wasn't it? <laughs> Thank you all for listening and we will see you guys next time.